Good morning, Grace and Peace, Epiphany family. Welcome to our gathering today. Yeah, that's right. Let's make let's make some noise here in the studio. Let's make some noise for Jesus. Listen, we're so excited about God this morning. We're so excited to worship together with you all. And listen, it is getting, I know it's getting springy and all that kind of stuff. And y'all enjoying this nice weather and all that. But listen, it's time for the word of God this morning. And I am so excited that we are starting a brand new series today. If you didn't catch it, uh, the new series is called Devoted. And so I'm so excited to bring you this new collection of sermons as we jump into uh, the book of James together. Now, this is the first time in a while that we have gone through an entire book together. And so I I want you to prepare your hearts and prepare your minds already because we're going to spend some time together with our brother James. So we're going to be together in the book of James probably throughout the rest of the year. And so we're going to spend some time diving in really deeply to look specifically at what James, the brother of Jesus, has to say to us as a church today. And so listen, uh, we're going to jump into this series. uh, And I, I called this series Devoted because the idea of devotion has been heavy on my heart it's been it's been heavy on my mind and as i survey and surveil the the culture and the climate and as i look at various things in our world one of the things that i believe is a misnomer in our culture is the idea of devotion long story short we don't value devotion And anything that predicates one being devoted is often sneered at and frowned upon in our day and age. See, devotion is defined as giving all or a large portion of oneself and one's time and resources to a person, cause, or activity. And And as I look at our culture, as I look at the world, one of the things that I notice is simply this, is that we struggle with devotion. And so I believe in this season that God is calling for his people to live a life that is devoted to him. And and, and I think that God is calling us to live a life that is devoted to him simply because of this fact is that Jesus gave his all for us so that we can in turn give our all back to him. And so as we look at this, I want us to help us to see, because as we look at devotion, we look at this idea and we, and we talk about it. We're going to look over the book of James to see various ways which we are not devoted, but to help us to grow in our devotion. See, as we look at this, we're, we're, we're not devoted <laughs> oftentimes in our relationships. We, we will cancel a joker, quick, fast, and in a hurry, <laughs> say the wrong thing to me and you cut off. We, we, we do that in our culture. We, we, we aren't devoted to our regimes. We, we don't have a planned or, 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 or system way of, systematic way of doing things. We, we, we try to gather portions of everything and bring it into our lives. We, we lack spiritual disciplines. We, we lack biblical literacy. We, we lack any sense of, of, of a system that will cause us to gather all things to ourselves. And, 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 we, and we are not devoted, lastly, in our religion. Even the utterance of the word religion causes us to walk away and feel like we don't need to give devotion to that. 
as if religion is somehow a bad thing. We look at religion as if it's something that we should, should, should hide from and duck from. But, but the scripture lets us know that religion is a real thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> and James helps us to see that. We, we, we don't stick fast in devotion in, in our religion because we are quick to cry that we've been hurt by the church. We're quick to hop around from church to church and we're not devoted to any one place. We don't accurately devote ourselves to attending and being a part of the local church. And listen, I know that this sounds a little harsh. And it would be very easy for me to preach a sermon series on the next topic that is hot and blazing right now that everybody would love and be excited about. But I believe in the power of the word. <laughs> In fact, we love the word here, right? That's what we do. We love the word. And so I want us to see this. We, we, we uphold such a deteriorating lack of devotion to anyone or anything as a means of taking our power back. See, that's how we perceive it. We perceive that if, if I could take my power back, if I just don't give my all to any one thing. We perceive that it's a means of us accruing power and for us standing on our own if we don't devote ourselves to any one particular thing. But hear the words of Henry Miller, the American author. He says, true strength lies in submission, which permits one to dedicate his life through devotion to something that is beyond himself. And here is where the book of James is going to speak to us. Very clearly. In the opening verse of this letter, we see James, the brother of Jesus, the former doubter and unbeliever of Jesus. We see him proclaiming his devotion to the Savior. The, the book of James is surmised to be the first book written in the New Testament. It was the first letter that was written in the New Testament era. So James, with this devotion, and, and James is pretty devoted to being direct <laughs> and poignant in his letter. He, he doesn't mince words in his letter. He, he's very straight and to the point. And I believe that that's what we need in this day and age and in a, a time where, where rhetoric is all around us. We, we need something that is straight and to the point. We need somebody to be direct with us. We, we need wisdom in that way. And James points us to wise living in a sense that is reminiscent of the book of Proverbs. It, it is a practical emphasis for us to see that I want you, it, it, it's James's practical emphasis that is going to help us as we navigate our lives in loving the word and living lifestyles of worship. It is this practical sense. That's going to help us grow in our devotion. And so James wrote with a passionate desire for his readers to be uncompromisingly obedient to the word of God. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to jump right into the book of James. And I'm going to help us see some stuff today as we walk through this. Is that all right? All right. Let's look at it. James chapter one. Verse one. And that's all I got today. <laughs> James chapter one, verse one. We're going to take our time. and We're going to go through this book and look and see what God has for us. 
Let's read together. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes dispersed abroad, greetings. Father, I pray that you would help us today. God, speak to us clearly. God, I pray, God, that you would use me as your vessel to communicate your words, your truth to your people today, God. I pray, God, that you would help me, God, to administer, God, this idea of devotion to your people, God, because we need to be devoted. (laughs) God, we have to grow in our devotion to you. And God, oftentimes that doesn't look like the ways we desire it for for it to look, but God, we want to be devoted to your word and to how you've called us to be devoted. Not devotion in some weird sense where we kind of make it up as we go along, but we want to be guided by the principles of Scripture. We want to walk according to your word. And God, help us today as we dive into this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the, the book of James, y'all, is, is adequately suited to help us to grow in our devotion and to give our all to God. That's what the word devoted means. It means to give your all. And so the subtitle for our, our series is giving our all to God. And like I said, we're going to spend considerable amount of time in this book. <laughs> and and, and, and it's, it's going to feel like at times like, man, we still in James. And yes, we're still in the book of James. And I believe that it's important for us to navigate through this and walk through this because inevitably what we tend to do is we take parts of the Bible and we suit it to fit ourselves and to create in our own image what we believe God is saying to us. But in fact, when you take your time to walk through the scripture like this, it, it, it doesn't let you get away from passages that don't feel good to you. It doesn't let you navigate away from things that, that, that feel uncomfortable. And so I want to help us today. I want to help us today because I want to submit to us today, why James? Like, why are we going through the book of James? What's the point of this? The book of James is a book that challenges us and confronts us. And so two things are going, we're going to get out of this whole series. Two things. So if, you, well, if you're writing something down, there's two things we're going to get from this entire series. The first one is this, to examine the relationship between faith, obedience to the word and our works in the things that we do is to examine the relationship between faith, obedience to the word and our works. And the second thing we're going to get out of this series is to explore the impact of our faith and our works in our city and in the world. So let's go into it. James chapter one. James here says that he's a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it interesting here that James, the brother of Jesus, many people argue about who the author is of this book and all that kind of stuff, because there were like four Jameses in the New Testament. But it it only makes sense that this is James because he was the leader of the Jerusalem church, the brother of Jesus. The language is is consistent with his language in Acts chapter 15. And so when we look at this, we, we look at a person, we look at a man who had received a special revelation of Jesus after he was resurrected. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 7, 
shows us that. It says that, that, that Jesus, after he was resurrected, he had appeared to James and then to the apostles. So Jesus shows up to his baby brother after he is resurrected and says, how you like me now? <laughs> he shows up to his little brother who, who had spent most of his time doubting Jesus. In fact, he spent most of his time telling Jesus that he was out of his mind. He spent most of his life looking up to his his big brother. He's supposed to look up to him, but for all intents and purposes, his brother was a bit of a recluse. and, and, And he's looking at him like, yo, what's up with you? James spent most of his time doubting his brother Jesus. And then Jesus, after being raised up from the dead, he shows up to James and says, bam. Don't believe me, just watch. He had a Trinidad James ministry. <laughs> Don't believe me, just watch. John, James has spent most of his time doubting Jesus. John chapter 7, verse, verses 3 through 5, it says, So his brothers said to him, Why don't you leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples can see your works that you are doing? For, for nobody does anything in secret while he's seeking public recognition. If you do these things, if, if this is what you do, then, then show yourself to the world. It says for his brothers, for, it says for not even his brothers, in verse 5, believed in him. Not even his brothers believed in him. Mark chapter 3, verse 21, and I'm painting this picture for you to see who James is, y'all. Verse 21, he says, it says that when his family heard this, when they heard that he had gathered a whole bunch of people together to him again, when he heard that, listen to the language here. They set out to restrain him. Because they said he's out of his mind. Y'all know how people do. You have lost your mind. (laughs) I saw something interesting. My pastor had did a post and people were going crazy about it. They didn't like it. Some people didn't like it. (laughs) And a lady, because his post was about racism and how bad racism is. A lady in the comment section said, he's lost his cotton picking mind. And I said, miss, that's the exact definition of racism. Like, that's exactly what that 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 is. Like, you're, you're doing exactly what he's talking about. But she didn't get it. But that's how we are sometimes with things that we don't understand. We look at those things and because we don't understand it, we say, well, this person must be out of their mind. James and his brothers, they didn't understand the gravity of what Jesus had come to do. They didn't understand the weight of what Jesus was doing in the earth. And so their immediate thought was, we better restrain him and stop him from doing this stuff because he's lost his mind. And if you're a follower of Jesus, no doubt that the same will be true of you at times is that people will look at you and believe that you have lost your mind. And you ought to get excited about that. <laughs> you ought to get excited when people think you lost your mind for doing the thing that Jesus called you to do. Like, you're not going to this party. Man, she done lost her mind. She's not the same no more. She's different. She be acting all funny and stuff. 
What's wrong with her? But look at James here. James, whose name means supplanter, (laughs) the half-brother of Jesus, James here, is now writing the very first letter of the New Testament and calling himself, listen to this, a servant of the Lord Jesus. Now, I don't know about you. I got sisters and brothers and stuff. I'm not, I'm not like that way with my siblings. I, I would have had a hard time still, <laughs> like if I was James. Like, yeah, that's my big brother and all, but he all right. Like, but I am not calling myself a servant of him. That ain't going down. <laughs> but James here had been so impacted by meeting Jesus, by Jesus showing up to him in his resurrected state, that he responded by saying that he was a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus. And that ought to be what happens when you meet the resurrected Savior. That ought to be the exact thing that takes place is that you meeting the resurrected Savior ought to impact your life so much that all you can do is respond as a servant of God. Early church history tells us that James was such a man of prayer that his knees had large, thick calluses on them, making his knees look like camel knees. Me's just crusty. <laughs> Boy, I need a whole lot of lotion on this knees, but it wouldn't help. I, I, I need you to see this. I need you to see the impact that Jesus has on your life. It's said that his knees look like camel knees. It, it was also said because he was known as James the Just. Because of his commitment to righteousness and his devotion to the law of God. He he was so committed after having met the resurrected Savior. He he was so committed after having an experience with Jesus. That when he was martyred in Jerusalem. He was pushed from a high point in the temple. This is church history. They pushed him off the temple. He fell down and he lived. And they saw that he was still alive, so they went down to beat on him. And when they got down there to him, here's what they heard. They heard James praying for them. The devotion that comes from having experienced the resurrected Savior will have you praying for your enemies. The devotion that comes from meeting the Savior will have you praying for those who wish you evil. He didn't stop there. They continued to beat on him until he was dead. Now what is this, James, (laughs) who is writing to us? It is this, James, who is helping us to see that our lives are to be marked by devotion. And I want to help you today because I want you to see this, is that your past does not preclude you from being devoted. 
It doesn't matter what you thought about Jesus in the past. It doesn't matter what you thought about God in the past. What matters now is are you willing to be devoted? Your position doesn't exclude you from being devoted. Just because Jesus was his brother, it did not preclude him or exclude him from giving devotion to Jesus. And so what I want us to see today, I want to help us to see this today, is that the only thing that makes you devoted is submitting yourself to the servanthood of Christ. The only thing that makes you devoted is you submitting your life to being a servant of the Lord Jesus. This is a simple message today. Because James, listen to this, he could have bragged a lot in his salutation. He could have been like, you don't know, Jesus was my big brother. Like I was in the house with him. You don't know? You know what I'm saying? Like when he slept on the bed, like a little bit of his slobber got on the same pillow as mine. Like you don't know, like <laughs> he could have bragged about a lot. He could have bragged and said, look, I'm a leader in the Jerusalem church. I'm the leader. He could have said, listen, yo, they call me James the just because I, I'm committed and devoted to righteousness. But he doesn't say none of that in his opening of the letter. The only thing he says is that I'm a servant of God. <laughs> it's the only thing that he claimed and laid hold to was the fact that he was a servant of God. And maybe some of us would be better off if we would lay hold to that fact and that fact alone. And stop trying to accumulate all of our accolades and accomplishments on top of the fact that we have been bought by the blood of the lamb. The only thing that made him devoted was his submission to Jesus as his servant. Here's what a servant is. The word he uses here is the word doulos. And it is a word that means to be devoted to another. To the disregard of. Of one's own interest. I I, I want to help somebody today. I want to help somebody. I, I want to help you to see today. That your devotion to Jesus. It ought to be to the disregard of your own interests. Most of us will be devoted to Jesus as long as what Jesus wants for us fits with what we want for us. Most of us will be devoted as long as what Jesus requires of us doesn't require too much of us. Most of us will be devoted to Jesus as long as it doesn't cause us to have to disregard the stuff that we like. But this word here, this word doulos is a word that means to be devoted to to another, to the disregard of your own interests. Metaphorically, it talks about one who gives up, gives himself up to another's will in order to be in their service. One of the things that we struggle with in our day and age is giving up of our own will. 
And that's because the culture teaches us to live independently. The culture teaches us to do our own thing. The culture teaches us to to to, to do it by ourselves. Like we don't need anybody. It teaches us a, a radical independence. And, and the only thing that we miss in all of that is that Jesus calls us to devotion to himself and not to ourselves. So to be devoted here means to disregard your own interests. (laughs) It means to cast aside your own will and to devote yourself to Jesus. So James here, he's talking and he's saying, he opens this letter and it says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. The God he's speaking about is the only true God. (laughs) But the Lord he's speaking of here is Jesus Christ, his brother. When he says here, and it's, I don't want you to miss how powerful it is for him to say, Lord Jesus Christ. The idea here of Lord, again, remember that this is, this is it during the Roman Empire and to, and to refer to someone as Lord outside of Caesar was a crime. It was a crime to refer to anyone as Lord other than Caesar. And so what he's doing here is he's saying, he's saying, listen, I know that I'm in Jerusalem in a province, in a province that is run by Rome. I know that I'm in a place and I know because he's writing to people, listen, who are dispersed abroad in the Roman Empire. And so he's writing to them and telling them, listen, I'm a servant, not of Caesar, but I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus, the Christ. And so what he's submitting to them is this. He's submitting to them, listen, I know you might find yourself in a position where there are other things that are calling for your devotion, but you must give your devotion to Jesus. I know that there are other things in your life that are calling for you to call them Lord, but the only person you should call Lord in your life is Jesus the Christ. The word Lord here, it talks about the one to whom one belongs. And that's why Caesar would have a problem with you, with somebody else being called Lord, because listen, he's like, I run all of this. These people belong to me. But Jesus comes back and says, nah, <laughs> I purchased them <laughs> with my blood. I purchased these folks. And so what we get to see is that Jesus here is the one who is deserving of our devotion. Jesus is. He is the only one who's deserving of our devotion. And so family, as we walk throughout this series, what we are going to get a sense of is that James is calling us to the various ways in which that we get to be devoted to Jesus. And he shows us from a practical standpoint exactly how that is supposed to look. He shows us exactly what that is supposed to look like and how we're ought to conduct ourselves practically. Remember, James is a very practical book. It's oftentimes referred to as the Proverbs of the New Testament. And if you've ever done a careful reading of the Proverbs, it's very practical. It gives you clear things to do (laughs) and clear instructions to do. There's a lot you can get away with in the Christian life if it wasn't for the book of Proverbs. (laughs) It just is. And add to that, there's a lot you can get away with 
if it wasn't for the book of James. And so we're going to see what it is that we are called to do as people who are called to be devoted to Jesus. He closes his letter with this. He says, he closes the salutation with this. He says, greetings. It's simple, right? Very simple, plain. But this idea here that he's saying to them, he's saying to these people who are dispersed abroad, he's saying to them, be well. But more than that, he's telling them this. He's telling them to rejoice exceedingly. Here's the fact that we get to rejoice in. We get to rejoice in the fact that we belong to Jesus. <laughs> we get to rejoice in the notion that we belong to Jesus. Some people might look at that and think of it as something that is negative and something that is bad, but it is in fact something that we as followers of Jesus get to rejoice in. Because there are many things that could captivate you. There are many things that can hold your attention. There are many things that can hold your life in tow. There are many things that can guide your life. But when it's Jesus guiding your life, <laughs> everything is all right. I'll close with this idea. In an autobiography, it's illustrated. It's illustrating the devotion of a woman, of a woman, excuse me, by the name of Emily Gloria Wilson. She was a, a family housekeeper. And it had been a really long day for her employer. And so he came to her and he said, he said, listen, Emily, I need you to hold all of my phone calls while I go take a nap. And so shortly thereafter, he's taking a nap. And President Lyndon Johnson calls the house. And when he calls the house, he says, get me Mr. Galbraith. And the housekeeper, she responds, she says, Mr. President, he's sleeping. I cannot disturb him. And he says, well, wake him up. I want to talk to him right now. And she says, no, Mr. President, you can't talk to him. He's napping. And he said to her, he said, it's a matter of of urgency. It's a matter of national urgency. I need you to get him on the phone right now. Don't you know who you're talking to? And she responded and said, Mr. President, I can't wake him up because I don't work for you. She says, I work for Mr. Galbraith. And when the president hung up the phone, they said that he was so overwhelmed with pleasure, <laughs> that this woman would not wake him up. That when he called back at a later time, he told Mr. Galbraith, he says, I need that woman working for me in my office right now. <laughs> and what we get to see is, is that no higher priority could derail her from her devotion to the one to whom she was devoted to. There was no more appealing voice that could derail her devotion from the one that she was committed to. There was no greater responsibility that could derail her from her devotion. All because she knew who she served. <laughs> and I want to submit to you today that you better know 
who you serve. You better know who it is that you serve because in this day, in this life, it is so easy to get wrapped up into things and wrapped up with, with ideas and thoughts and people who you are not supposed to be serving. And Jesus lets us know clearly that you cannot serve two masters. Family, let's live with devotion and know who it is that we serve. Father, I pray by your spirit, by your grace, God, that you would lead us today. Help us today, Father God, to grow in our devotion, God. And as we jump into this series, God, as we as we navigate the words of our brother James, God, may you help us to live a life that is devoted to you. God, we pray this by your spirit, by your grace. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord, we pray. Amen. Grace and peace, family. We love you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And we will see you next week. Grace and peace. Wow, what an impactful sermon by Pastor Derek. Pastor Derek, thank you so much for your faithfulness and bringing the word once again this Sunday. And thank you all at home for worshiping with us. We're so excited that you were able to do this. And remember, like, subscribe, share, and tell a friend and tell a friend about what God is doing here at Epiphany Church Wilmington. Uh, and also, if you have made a decision to follow Jesus today, click the link in the description, fill out, fill out your information where it's asked, and then someone from here will contact you as soon as possible. If you are looking for a church home, also click the link in the description, fill out your information, and we'll be in contact with you as soon as possible. As soon as possible. And once again, man, we love that you are able to worship with us. And we would love to have you come be a part of what God is doing here at Epiphany Church Wilmington. Uh, and join us next Sunday. Uh, as well as if you could give as well. We would love for you to give by clicking the link in the description. Or you could do uh, the, what the screen says do as well. Once again, man, thank you so much. See you next Sunday. God bless you all. Enjoy the rest of your week.